0: Morning Liberty.
1: Well, what is up all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston and Across. From me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson decided that he wasn't going to do the intro today, but I wanted you to do it because you weren't here yesterday.
0: And that was a fine place to do it. Yeah. Actually, it sounded like it faded out just fine. It,
1: it did. You wouldn't, you're, I don't even think you're going to have to move it. What's funny is I almost forgot what I was going to say. And we And I say the exact same thing at the beginning. of I mean the word for word at the beginning of every podcast, but apparently it's also synced up with the music in my brain because when I started late, I started to forget what I was going to say. That's it's because weird. it's now a habit. It's like lyrics to the song mm, that I'm singing. That's and, right. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Good Morning Liberty. Chuck is over there. And I, Nathaniel Paul Thurston, am also right here. We are the co-host of this fine podcast. And there's good people on both sides of this table right now. Let me just go ahead and tell you.
0: Yeah, despite the opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: whatever those people in the live group are saying. There's a big battle going on between which one of us is the best or which one's the worst. But I mean, not much of a battle on who's the worst. It's Chuck. But if you are interested, <laughs> smash the follow or and the joining subscribe the battle.
0: Button.
1: Yeah, joining the courageous battle. And go to joingmail.com. Pay as little as six bucks a month, and we have a lot of stuff that we can potentially talk about today. Charlie and was I looking bet, there.
0: I bet, folks can afford it now. All the stuff we're going to talk about. Well, yeah. Considering all this forgiveness, they're oh getting. yeah.
1: Yeah, take some of that extra student loan forgiveness and put it towards A
0: $100 a month raise they're getting.
1: Gas prices, yeah, going down. This thing
0: is 6 bucks a month, and you're saving 100 bucks a month, so you could still be net positive $94 a month.
1: That math checks out to me. It does. As long as I don't check it, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about the student loan thing because it is a bit of a bigger problem, I think, than what we've even given it credit for. Uh, so we've got some information on that. And then... Hopefully we can squeeze out some other stuff because there's a lot of stories here in the stack. I wanted to say something about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene getting swatted twice, apparently, in the last couple of days, I guess. Like, with like a fly swatter? It's exactly. That's what it was. Mm. Um, uh, two people in Florida have pled guilty in uh, stealing Biden's daughter's diary, which means the diary is real, which means some of the stuff I heard about it is true. Which I think is going to be an interesting conversation coming up, uh, for sure. Uh, that that story was just coming out, and then what was the other stuff in there? Uh, we had the people. I wanted to mention a little bit about the people that were convicted in the uh, FBI's attempted kidnapping of uh, Karen Whitmer up there in Michigan, and so a couple of people did get convicted. And then what else was in there? Oh yeah, that Washington Post story about the three uh, hundred and eighty something million dollars they spent and came out with 397 people that got jobs out of out of that amount of money from some of the COVID relief money. So all kinds of stuff. And then there's actually two other stories past those that are also good. There's
0: a lot of stuff we're not going to be able to get to. We need to
1: do some extra episodes. So Okay, so this first thing here, by the way, I want to mention, this is from Newsweek, but also this is from Brad Palumbo, who was uh, published here in Newsweek. So that's pretty cool. Reading this article, like, oh, hey, we know that guy. And it's a great article called, Student Loan Forgiveness is a Bribe for Young Voters. No. Student Loan Forgiveness is a Bribe for Young Voters. And there's a lot of good stuff in here.
0: Like, how can we, uh, let's just, just the title alone. How can we not go after the government for these bribes?
1: That's all all they do are bribes. They take our money and bribe us with it afterwards. (laughs) It's a genius plan. (laughs) <laughs> but that's what they do all the time. And so this is just another one of those things. Uh, he says, after much anticipation, Biden has finally unveiled his plan for partial student debt cancellation on Wednesday. The White House announced that the Department of Education will unilaterally waive 10 k in student debt per borrower, with only those earning less than $125,000 a year, qualifying. And it also includes $20K in debt relief for those who received Pell Grants. And so he he mentions in the article that this is actually probably going to piss people off on the left and the right. He actually says that in the article. People on the right are going to point out that the executive action is legally and constitutionally suspect. Even Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has previously admitted that the executive branch doesn't have the authority to cancel or a.k.a. transfer to the taxpayer student debt without authorization from Congress. And while we're mentioning that, I forgot about how soon that came up in this thing why don't we just go ahead and hear her say that real quick because she People says the think best. that the mm-hmm. President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness he does not he can postpone he can delay but he does not have that power that would that has to be an act of Congress and um, I, I I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that and, implies a transgression it's not to be forgiven to get just freeing people from those obligations uh, so it, it it the question of who gets forgiven What to use the term of art that is out there uh, is a is a debate do we use the, whatever money there is for the broadest base of support of the, the those with um, all right Nancy that's enough I don't want to go anymore
0: What money are you going to use? There is uh, none.
1: I don't know. I don't know why that's only coming in on the left side and came out pretty quiet also. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so she says that he doesn't have the power to do it. And in fact, this could end up being the case. An internal review conducted by the Department of Education in 2021 reached the same conclusion. Meanwhile, many activists on the left want full student debt cancellation and the socialization of higher education altogether. They argue that canceling 10K in debt while leaving in place the status quo system, where tuition rates have skyrocketed to objectively obscene levels, doesn't address the core problem at all. I I
0: wonder (laughs) if tuition prices are going to increase by $10,000.
1: No, no, they wouldn't do that. There's no way that they... I would have to disagree slightly with Brad. I mean, there's probably a lot of people on the left, but I haven't heard many people talk about addressing the core problem at all on the left. And so I don't know if the people on the left are, I know that they want full cancellation, but I haven't heard anyone making the case for addressing the core problem really whatsoever. Sorry, Brad. Whether one agrees with their ultimate policy demands or not, they're, they're right. Nonpartisan Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget ran the numbers and found that under a plan very similar to the Biden's, we would return to $1.6 trillion in student loan debt which is the current sum we have right now, in just four years. That's right. We very quickly, we will very quickly be right back where we are today. And Charlie, if you want and to take And I the, would
0: actually say that it's going to happen quicker, they, much quicker.
1: They mentioned that that is a, a possibility. If you want to take the article inside the article.
0: Okay. How long before canceled student debt would return? This is from the CRFB, that organization there, Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Federal student loan borr- borrowers currently owe $1.6 trillion of student debt to the federal government. Canceling some or all debt for current borrowers will reduce the debt burden. However, without underlying reforms to reduce the overall cost, this reduction would only be temporary. Mm, okay. One might say transitory. <laughs> I was
1: hoping you were going to go there.
0: Yeah. We well, estimate that absent from other reforms in federal financial aid, Outstanding federal student loan debt would return to the current $1.6 trillion level relatively soon after cancellation. With conservative, conservative assumptions, we find that debt would return to $1.6 trillion four years after $10,000 per borrower was canceled. Now, why would that happen, might you ask? I have no idea. I hope they're going to tell us. Um, well, one, it doesn't change the fact that the federal government just has an unlimited check. Yeah, I mean, for people to go to college on and there's they all, will give you a loan to go to school for any amount for any reason.
1: Basically anything, anything. no matter what it's going to be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things. The other is, I mean, there's still, you know, this money exists. I know they're not going to have people pay back that amount. There's still like interest that's going <laughs> to accrue on these things. There's new people going to college. Every year, some people are waiting
0: to pay off their debt before they go back to school. Yeah, so now that this is gone, they'll be like, Oh, well, now I can afford to go back.
1: And a lot of people are going to decide to not pay back whatever their debt is that they have because it's just going to inevitably end up getting canceled. So, yeah, like you were saying earlier, it's probably going to pop back up to the same amount a lot faster.
0: And this is what they say right here these, uh, importantly, these projections assume no change in borrower behavior. That means if the Borrowers stay the exact same. That's what the conservative estimate is. Yeah. But we know that's not going to happen. In reality, debt cancellation would likely lead to increased borrowing, slower repayment and larger tuition increases as borrowers and schools would expect another round of cancellation in the future. Any behavioral changes would mean the portfolio would return even faster to its current size and then probably get bigger. The lower repayment amount would exacerbate the growth in the first few years because interest will still be accruing on the new loans that are not being paid back. That means faster growth for the portfolio than during normal circumstances. The debt holders love this. Mm -hmm. As a result, the more debt that is canceled, the faster the portfolio grows after cancellation. While our estimates show that after cancellation, student debt would grow rapidly, our methodology is conservative and assumes no behavioral changes. In reality, debt is likely to increase even faster than we project due to the moral hazard affected, uh, moral hazard effect associated with debt forgiveness. And I wonder if this is all part of like the, not Merle Haggard, no, <laughs> moral, Haggard. no. moral hazard <laughs> and uh Merle Haggard may be a moral hazard. We don't know. But well, this is a question for another day, but, uh, my thing is, like, is this just another, like, is this a, a genius move and another form of control by saying, like, we know what's going to happen. People are going to owe us even more money in the future, and this is another thing we can hang over their heads because it's the only thing that you can't uh, you can't declare bankruptcy on.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, as you guys know, by June of this year, the NASDAQ had fallen 34% from the highs officially – We're in a bear market. How long will this bear market last? We don't know. But I do think it's a great idea to take advantage of these discounts while you still can. And by discounts, I mean the cheaper prices for ownership of some of these companies. Real money is made when the market crashes. That's when the rich make the right moves and they get richer. Just like from the COVID crash, we're still up. Even after this market crash this year, we are still up like 100% on the NASDAQ since then. So I want you guys to take advantage of this opportunity, but before you do that, you need to know what you're doing. That's why I created and I'm excited to tell everyone about my trading basics course for our Liberty Trading Academy. And you can find that at natescrashcourse.com. We can't make any guarantees in trading, but I can guarantee you that when the market recovers, you will regret not getting in at the right time. In this 100 video course, I start with the basics, What is trading? How much money do you need to start? What stock market brokers should you use? And how do you use them? How do you read stock charts in the first place? And then we give in the technical analysis, trend lines, support and resistance levels, volume indicators. We spend a lot of time on trading psychology, which if you don't know, is the most important part of trading. And then we go through at least four of my most commonly used strategies. This is not a monthly subscription. This is a single purchase of lifetime access to our private Discord server that hosts the entire 100-video course. And for a very limited, very limited amount of time, you can get 40% off your purchase by using the promo code CRASHCOURSE40 at natescrashcourse.com. That's N-A-T-E-S. CrashCourse dot com. Invest in your future and your human capital today at natescrashcourse.com. dot <clears throat> com. I I think that this is um, I, the reason I wanted to talk about it today. And I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think that this is officially the switch into uh, complete government funded college education. I I think that that's. I think that this is a domino getting pushed over right now, and it's about to all fall down. And that's going to be a lot of money. This
0: is the Obamacare to the Medicare for All. Yeah, yeah,
1: this is the Medicare to the healthcare system right now. Well, I actually already had that kind of for the uh, college. I'll I'll explain that here in a minute after we go through more of what Brad said. He said real reform would have to address the actual causes behind surging tuition rates, which have more than doubled at public four-year colleges since 1981, even after adjusting for inflation. But that's not politically expedient or ideologically acceptable for Democrats because it would require acknowledging that the federal government got us into this mess in the first place. One of the main reasons tuition prices have surged is the federal student loan program, which has vastly subsidized and inflated demand, a textbook way to increase prices. Talked about this a lot yesterday, and we talked about it a lot the day before when you make all of this well, money we need available. we is
0: tuition price controls.
1: And that is, that is where it... That is where it leads. I mean, you have Medicare and they set prices that they will pay for things. And that is where this type of system is going to lead because as they take over these loans and they push over these dominoes and we see why, why would you pay off any of these loans? Uh, that's the system that we're running into now. Um, they'll eventually have to start capping the prices. Uh, that's not really the market solution to this, uh, but that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, the New York Federal Reserve study found that every dollar in subsidized federal loans led to a 60 cent increase in tuition rates. So every dollar that they subsidize, the tuition increases by 60 cents, is what the Federal Reserve found. And I have I looked at that study uh, today. So there's a screenshot of. Me proving that I did, in fact, look at, <laughs> look at the study today. Similarly, a Harvard analysis found that tuition prices have risen much more at schools that accept federal aid than those that don't accept it. Many other studies have confirmed these results. Scaling back the federal student loan program would not be politically popular, but until it happens, prices will continue to surge. And that is true. And anyone who tries to scale this back is probably going to be destroyed. And you know, we well, they want minorities to not be educated. Of course. Yeah. We talked, I don't know how long ago it was that I said this, but if there's anything that I'm okay with this happening then, because this the system will collapse in on itself. The colleges are charging way too much money for what they I mean <clears throat> I don't know what exactly the price is per day, but essentially a college is a resort that you pay to go have a four year stay at. And they have some activities and stuff for you to do during the day, and then they have like some playgrounds and stuff for you to go <laughs> hang out in and everything. It's a if you look at it as a resort, a few slides, that, and a, you like know, you send your swings. kid to a resort to go stay there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the per day price is. It they might have, be better than your typical
0: resort. There's a few timeshare meetings. Yeah, so. <laughs> that you have to sit in. Oh, to, that they make those you timeshares. Yeah, they, they'll get you. On and then those they things. grade you on the participation of your timeshare meetings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so
1: another big reason tuition ra- Okay, another big reason tuition rates have risen so heavily is the growth of the bloated campus bureaucracies. According to the Wall Street Journal from 1975 to 2005, the cost of a university degree tripled, faculty to student ratios stayed the same, but administrator to student ratios skyrocketed. The number of administrators increased by 85%, while the number of staffers rose by 240%. During that time. Same thing we see with our schools, with our public schools. You just have all these administrators administrating things. Mm. And it's you, you tend to see this in a lot of places that are just these big government funded bureaucracies, a lot of administration. I think Illinois was one of the was the state that had like the most administrators for all the stuff I mean, you just see. Lots this all of people the time. working
0: for the government. Yeah. By the way, I did some quick math for you while you were doing that. Okay. Let's say let's say you're Average tuition is $24,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I think it's more than that. But let's just say that's $2,000 a month. An average 30 days a month, that's $75 a day.
1: That's a pretty good deal then. Yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, that's cheaper than hotels. Yeah.
1: It's not all-inclusive, though. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, that, there's no pay free breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you have, you have to pay for drinks and stuff, too. Oh, so and your I room
0: mean... and board is separate, actually, from the actual college. So maybe, yeah, this is price gouging. <laughs>
1: Well, I wanted to talk about that in a minute also. Yeah. Any solution to the student loan issue that doesn't impose serious fiscal constraints on colleges' runaway budgets and exploding bureaucracies isn't a solution at all, Brad says, which means that Biden's attempt at student debt cancellation isn't intended to be a solution, and it'll probably be struck down by the courts anyway. But with the midterms months away and Democrats cratering in the polls, Biden seems to be making— this political calculation that his Band-Aid solution can buy his party a few votes. And I do think that that is accurate. I also think that there could be a more sinister plot taking place right now. And that's the fact that it it does seem to be the case that Biden actually doesn't have the authority to do blanket loan cancellation. Mm -hmm. The the way that they've done this uh, previously has been in targeted situations where uh, students were defrauded or the school closed, you know, or the credentials were gone, so it was worthless afterwards, or you were in some kind of a crisis situation. Now we've been in the crisis here for a while, so maybe you can use that. Uh, but I don't, if someone is able to get this into the courts, and to be able to do that, they're going to have to have standing, they're going to have to prove, someone is going to have to prove harm and and actually sue the administration. So you got to find the person that's going to do that. Who is it that's been harmed? it can't be the taxpayers because we would just be suing the government all the time. uh, So we don't have that standing. If someone who can do this could probably take it to the courts and then that terrible Trump court could overturn this executive order. And you guys tell me what Twitter is going to be like after that. Mm. And that could be the plan.
0: What if, unless they overturn it because they don't think it's enough. I don't think
1: they're going to – I don't think that's going to be the no,
0: – No, that wouldn't. Yeah, but you're, you're right. Yeah, those conservative just – they're legislating from the bench. Mm-hmm. That's what that would be, Nate. I'm just that,
1: imagining telling everyone they're going to get this 10000 or up to 20000 or whatever with the Pell Grants and all that, and then the court overturns the executive order.
0: That, Nate – that's a wild conspiracy. I, I bet you believe COVID came from Wuhan, <laughs> don't you?
1: There is some crazy stuff like so that. So I did look up yeah. a few
0: numbers for you. The average in-state tuition is around ten dollars to
1: $11,000. At a public or a private college?
0: At a public. Okay.
1: Because neither of those private Private, too, actually. Uh, private, gouging. Uh,
0: the average ticker price at a private college for in-state is uh, $10,388. The average for a public University is $10,557. It was actually a little more expensive for a public, Mm -hmm. for the average. Now, of course, you're taking the the most expensive all the way down to the least expensive, adding them all together. And then uh, also, but hang on, there is a $12,000 room and board average. Mm. So you got to add that on top of that. Now, if you're out of state, out of state, then your average is around $28,000, plus you're still paying $12,000 for room and board. Yeah. So... Uh that's a My lot. My math was a little off. I think you're probably paying. Uh, by the time you add in food and everything, you're probably paying closer to 200 dollars a day.
1: It is a lot, and like you know, I know one. Not for those
0: going to Hawaii University, it's probably no problem. No, I mean, you're in Hawaii.
1: They're fine. Yeah, but if you're out of state traveling to Hawaii, they're going to gouge the hell out of you mm. when you do that. Um, there's an argument that people make about well, this isn't fair to people who paid off their loans, and the answer is. You are correct, sir. That is not fair at all. In fact, most things that the government does that involve stealing money from people against their will turn out to be not fair. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That is the system. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime you forcefully take money from someone against their will and give it to another person who didn't earn it, it seems unfair
0: to me. Yeah, it turns out. And so if
1: you want to fix the fairness, we're going to have to get down to the root cause of this issue, which is... The denial of basic self-ownership.
0: Yeah. And when you when you mm-hmm. dig down deep enough to the root, as Nate was talking about, and you start to dissect that root, you'll notice that the colors don't float down there.
1: It is frustrating, though, because, you know, when we moved to Nashville, uh, Lacey, she moved down here. She went to MTSU. She got a degree <coughs> in, in finance. And I think she graduated maybe 10 years ago, 9 years ago, something like that. It might not have been that long, actually. Could have been seven or eight years ago. And she has been working her butt off this entire time. And at the end end of last year, we were so excited because she finally paid off all of her own student loans from MTSU. She'd been working on it, paying more than the minimum payment this entire time. And she got all the loans paid off how are you not supposed to feel like such a freaking loser idiot when that happens that now everyone else, they just, they're just going to blanket cancel.
0: I, I think you should feel proud that you were able to do it without the, yeah, you know, I do see the unfair element. It's definitely unfair. Yeah. It's extremely unfair. Now that But I think there's a sense of pride, you know, like you could look at that and feel proud.
1: There is. And she
0: is. Pr- she doesn't she is have to be an it. assless chaps or anything. She is proud yeah. of it.
1: I, you know, I'm still paying off mine. And when they did the pause, I was like, well, I'm just going to stop paying my loans because I don't think anyone's ever going to have to pay suit and loans ever again. That interest kept ticking. It's going to keep going. That and interest then, kept
0: going, didn't it?
1: And then I found out that. I don't have federal loans. I have private loans. Ooh, yeah. And I found that out a few months after I decided to go ahead and take advantage of that pause for a little bit. Mm. And I got back on paying them, been paying them since then. And she said, no, I'm not going to do the pause. I'm not going to do that. I took out this loan. I agreed to pay them th- for their services. I got a degree and it's wrong for me to not pay them back when they gave me money and I went to and I went to school. And I was like, "You are a much better person than I am for sure, and which is which has always been the case,
0: which is why you're so proud of her. Mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. proud. That's what I yeah. am.
1: I think this leads to, I put down in the notes, I think this leads to de facto government fund of education because once we've we've now done this first blanket cancellation, there's been other cancellations, other forgiveness for people in different circumstances. But now that we're blanket canceling, why? Would anyone keep paying the loans? Why would you do it? And also, when you you know there's new people going to school this year and next year and every year after that. Well, if you're back, if you're in this mentality now that, well, I mean, even if the debt gets bad, I mean, the government's just going to end up canceling this thing. I think that, like we talked about, the debt being back in four years. I think it's two, probably, because I think this is going to cause tons of people to stop paying their loans even more than what there has been so far and we've been on a pause now for like two years or whatever it's been
0: and they're extending the pause they extended again. it to
1: the end of the year just after the elections and and now i i think that i think this is the domino getting pushed over and i think it's going to mess up the entire the entire process that we have i don't see anyone that has a reason to pay the loans new students coming in they're not going to have to consider paying the loans I think these prices are gonna balloon up like crazy. And I'm still waiting for people on the left. I know there's a few, and they'll say something about it because they know they should. What about these colleges that are exploiting these students? I mean, the oil companies are exploiting everyone. Amazon's doing it, you know. All these other companies, Walmart and whoever else you wanna name, they're all exploiting the situation. We see that the costs of college have gone up two, three times, you know, more than that, depending on how far back you look. Why? How, the college students, they love and shit. They don't even have to go very far to protest this, the source of their big problems. It's in that building over there,
0: right Right outside their dorm room.
1: And yeah. so, how is it that, and then it's the predatory loans. Ooh, I read some of these loans, one article earlier, something I got like 7% interest on them.
0: From the federal government,
1: yeah, and that's a predator. I mean, you're telling me that when I get my degree in uh, lesbian dance theory, that I'm going to pay seven percent on that. Of course, it's going to have a higher interest rate. There's it's an uncollateralized loan. There's nothing for them to take. Your your home can be a lower rate because they're the house that they've got an asset that they can seize and take. Your car it can be a lower interest rate because they can get the car. This law value. they give you a loan to go to school and you don't pay them back there's nothing they can do about it so there's of course there's a higher risk there's nothing predatory about these loans the The problem is though we've gone to using these loans for school, and the schools have completely taken advantage of it as anyone in their position would. I'm not even faulting them. what I am faulting them for is being the freaking marxist factories that they are and just churning out these idiots year after year while they're the ones that are exploiting all the students that they're teaching the hate people who allegedly exploit people, even though they actually have to exist in a market.
0: It is impressive. It is. It's, it is another level of manipulation and gaslighting. there's some other arguments out there, which is like, well, this is just getting people on the right back because the right didn't care when they bailed out the banks but you're going to care when they bail out students. Mm-hmm. It's, it's another straw man argument. Now, we had someone
1: way. respond to our page the other day that mentioned the PPP loans. And they, I mm-hmm. was I said something about student debt cancellation and someone retweeted me and said, wait until this guy hears about PPP loans. And I just responded back and said, what if you could be against two things at the same time? Yeah, Right. You know. Like just, we were also against the bank bailouts. Just because the bailouts happened or the COVID stimulus bills happened doesn't mean that every other bad idea has to, has to be done after that. That is a terrible, and we're in that cycle.
0: And because I got an opportunity to get some of my money back, I'm going to take advantage of that.
1: Before we move on to this PPP loan discussion, which I'm super excited about.
0: Did I tell you that my PPP loan like, was literally almost the exact same amount as the taxes yeah, that I owed that for before. that year? Yeah. That was awesome. Um, here's a- I, I just want to tell you a story real quick. So my tax bill was due. And then the government deposited a PPP loan into my bank account, business bank account. And then I literally turned right around and I wrote a check back to them for almost the exact same amount to pay my taxes for the year. Nice. It was the coolest taxes I've ever paid in my life.
1: Now, how can that actually makes it to where, <laughs> I mean, as a libertarian, there's not even any kind of moral conundrum going on there that because so you just, awesome. you just I used a check from the government to pay the government money that they shouldn't have been taking from you in the first place. That's All a perfect I did example.
0: was put them on the ledger and they canceled <laughs> each other out. <laughs> I had assets and debits or liabilities and they, they just canceled each other right out. That's pretty good. It's awesome.
1: This photo that's on here, if you're listening this is a picture of people uh, protesting or marching, and they're talking about student loan debt. They've got a, a uh, cutout here of Joe Biden holding a giant pen, and they have their megaphones out, of course. And on the sign, this could have been a dumb bleep, but I wanted to talk about it real quick in this conversation. On the sign, it says, Alone, our debts are a burden. Together, they make us powerful. <laughs>
0: What the fuck does that mean? Well, Nate, if you invest in the future generations, you're going to be overall richer.
1: Yeah. Alone, our debts are a burden. Together, those same debts
0: (laughs) make us powerful. Well, because we can still for people who have the money to pay them. (laughs) That's why. It makes us all feel better. You can't tell in this picture, but there's a little girl underneath Joe Biden's other arm (laughs) and uh he's just petting her hair petting her hair yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, I put this quote from Thomas Solon here we seem to be getting closer and closer to a situation where nobody is responsible for what they did but we are all responsible for what somebody else did and that is where we are right now Mm. and pretty good so let's get on to this PPP loan discussion real fast Charlie tell me about the hypocrisy Mm -hmm.
0: Student loan debt forgiveness hater. Ben Shapiro got his ass handed to him by someone who pointed out that he had over $20,000 of PPP loan debt forgiven. This from Uprocks. Right-wing chronic grump. This is not biased. This no, is it's just not biased reporting the facts. Mm-hmm. Right-wing chronic which we do the same thing by the way for reading mm-hmm. right-wing news just so you guys know. Uh, ben Shapiro has no sympathy for student loan debtors. Who's, uh, so how's that working out for him in light of his federal uh, forgiven federal loan? Yes, that's what's going on here. If we back up a minute, Shapiro bit himself in the butt too when he started complaining about reports about President Biden canceling $10,000 in debt for most student loan borrowers. Biden made provisions for more forgiveness for some borrowers, and that includes Pell Grant recipients, and Shapiro made it known in advance that he's not here for this plan. He believes that debtors should pay up no matter what. This seemed par for the course and Shapiro went on his merry little way, but then someone pointed out that Shapiro also has some federal loan, uh, federal loan forgiveness in his own pocket. It's in quite uh, it's quite recent actually, which is stunning for someone who seems to be doing pretty well for himself financially. Shapiro's daily wire received quite a bit of PPP relief from the federal government And he had over $20,000 of that instantly forgiven. That's more than the most, that's more than most student loan debtors will receive. So people had to drag him for it. So
1: let's, let's talk about people dragging him for it. So he had a tweet talking about how you need to pay your own debts. And then the screenshot of the PPP loan amount forgiven $21,079. But Ben, you had your loan forgiven. Why didn't you pay that off yourself? And now, first off, what I want to say is the PPP loans are different from the student loans, but they can both be bad at the same time. We can disagree with the PPP loans and forgiving student loans at the same time, and that's okay. But there is a very big difference if we are going to go down the train of arguing on this, and that is at the time that people took out the PPP loans— you knew that it was like 99% likelihood that it was going to be forgiven. If you used it to pay your employees salaries or you used it to make up for lost wages, then it was going to be forgiven.
0: And what's interesting, by the way, you look at the screenshot that this person put on there, all of the money went to payroll. Well,
1: well, yeah. Um, The, uh, of
0: the amount forgiven.
1: With the student loans, you made the choice and you said you were going to pay it back. So at the beginning of the PPP loan, you were taking it and knew that if you used it for what you said you're going to use it for, it's going to be forgiven. In fact, it's just going to be forgiven. Trust me.
0: Also after the government shut your business down.
1: Yes. That's the other part. This uh, lost wages. What's that from? Oh, yeah. The government said that you couldn't work anymore. Yeah. That's, an, that's another big one, too. Well, let's go through some more of the in here. So he says that people should pay off the debts. <clears throat> someone says, this you, in this screenshot, once again. And We got more, says the hypocrite who took out a PPP loan and got it forgiven with interest. That's crazy they got that website. It's got all the information on there. And someone said, really, Ben? And what's funny is people started to conflate the Daily Caller.
0: Which is not the Daily Wire. Which is wire. not
1: the Daily Wire. <laughs> and in fact, Uproxx did the same thing. Uh, In the entirety of the article, they talked about Daily Caller receiving a large amount. Daily Wire was not the same thing, but there's even more to to that story as well. So uh, nothing important here really to look at and notice yet. Uh, Let's just look at a little bit more. Oh, look, there's Ben Shapiro's loan forgiveness. Wait, I thought people should pay their own damn loans, Ben. And then I'm looking and I see something really weird on the list on Ben Shapiro's PPP loan. And it says offices of real estate agents and brokers. I'm like, oh, weird. Not only did he get this loan, but he took it under false pretenses. That's going to be a pretty big deal now. <clears throat> so I look it up. Okay, this loan does exist. 20832 Offices of real estate agents and brokers. It's
0: not even the real business. That's strange,
1: <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that weird? So then it turns out that I got on...
0: The uh, interwebs,
1: (laughs) and I looked up Ben Shapiro, real estate agent, Los Angeles, and there is in fact a guy named Ben Shapiro, who's a real estate agent in Los Angeles who took out a PPP loan. Mm. And not only, I mean, was that really easy to find, I went to his website, kind of, Ben, you need to work on your website a little bit, man, but it's fine. It's just, next PPP loan, just take some of it, put it towards website. Your next
0: PPP loan. Mm, PPP loan. (laughs) Now,
1: PPP loans are important. And so, yes, this uh, real estate agent, Ben Shapiro, did take that out. <clears throat> and so then I get on, I go back to the Uprocks article. This all happened a couple hours ago. I, I went to the Uproxx article, I copied it, I looked through it, and then I go back to the Uproxx article after I found out that it wasn't him, and I can't bring up the article. It's gone. They deleted it. It literally, 20 minutes after I had just gotten done put it, putting it in the show notes. Wow. And so then I got online, I looked up Ben Shapiro to see what was going on, see if he said anything about it. And they sent a cease and desist to uh, to Uproxx. And it was a pretty, pretty uh, scathing and kind of hilarious article. Uh, But anyway, they sent this uh, talking about, (laughs) yeah, he said, let me just see if I can read some of this. Not only is the article's claim untrue, it is an egregious lie evident to any reader and would be even more plain to any writer exercising even the smallest modicum of journalistic integrity. (laughs) <laughs> <clears throat> the assertion appears to rely on a screenshot taken from ProPublica reflecting a Ben Shapiro working in the offices of real estate agents and brokers industry in Los Angeles, California. As you are well aware, the, <clears throat> the Ben Shapiro, man, <clears throat> guys, give me some help here, affiliated with the Daily Wire as a writer and podcast host. Uh, let's see, you affectionately call him in the article, right-wing chronic grump, not a real estate agent. So I man, love that. I got stuff in my throat. It's pretty good. They also get them on the Daily Caller thing, which is pretty pretty funny. Um let's see. It uh, it as it appears Ebrox has difficulty with names. Let us spell it out. The Daily Wire is a completely different company from the Daily Caller <laughs> News Foundation and not affiliated with the Daily Caller in any way. So they also called out Steven Crowder in the article. So anyway, they sent this out. They deleted the uh, they deleted the thing. But So why are we talking about this? Just so we can talk good about Ben Shapiro or whatever? You should go online and look up Ben Shapiro and look at Ben Shapiro's tweet about paying your bills and look at all the responses on it. And everyone who thinks they know the truth that decided to spout off on Twitter about this hypocrisy that they caught someone else in, and they think in their mind for sure that they know what the truth is, and they decided to call him out on the hypocrisy and the Republican hypocrisy and all of that.
0: Without taking the 10 minutes to research.
1: It wasn't even 10 minutes. It was uh, pretty easy. You search Ben Shapiro PPP loan, ProPublica pops up with all the information. You see real estate agents. So Then you look up Ben Shapiro, real estate agent, Los Angeles, and then the guy's website pops up. It seems to. I mean, it's pretty fast, you know. <clears throat> There's even a fact check on this that says that the claim that he took out a PPP loan and got it forgiven is true from <laughs> TruthOrFiction.com. <laughs> so they, truth, a fact checking website. This can't be real. Fact checked the claim and said that it was true. And in the fact check, they said it was true because Ben Shapiro has not denied being the Ben Shapiro. <laughs> That was the, in the screenshot mm. at the time that they wrote this. Yeah. And this is a really big problem that we have going on right now. Well, a lot of people who think they know what's going on, but they will not look into it one bit.
0: It's believe all lefties. Lefties. Yeah. Believe yeah. all lefties until you prove otherwise, whatever they say is true. Yeah.
1: Yep. <clears> Very <throat> true. I, I love this. Yeah. So that was a, that was an interesting road to now, go down. do you
0: think they'll receive any apologies?
1: I don't know if they will or not. Um, I, I doubt anyone's going to post anything talking about how wrong they were. But I'm, I'm telling you guys, go to Ben Shapiro's tweet and read through the comments. And just ima- imagine, like, it's so cool to go through and read it once you know that something is just factually incorrect. And to see all these people spouting off about something that they are clearly completely wrong about. Now, as libertarians, we see people doing that all the time. But in this one, you know, we got a paper trail and it's gonna gonna make way more sense. And a lot of them, here's the problem a lot of them are never gonna know what the actual truth is because they just saw it, Ben was trending like yesterday on Twitter, and they went off, spouted off about it, said whatever hateful thing they could, and they're never gonna see the correction. And so now they've got this false reality built in in their brain, and that happens all the time. Something gets corrected afterwards, but you never see the correction. And the newspaper speak, the fake story would be on the front page and the retraction's gonna be on, you know, page nine, or no one's ever gonna get to it.
0: Now I know you don't want to go here, but I'm okay. gonna pivot to something really important. Do it in this lesson. Okay. I wonder, and the, the evidence doesn't seem like it, but I wonder if the Ben Shapiro real estate agent was prepared for an opportunity and moment like this. <laughs> Now, everyone says, "Oh, look how lucky some guys are. Mm-hmm. It's all luck, And the truth of the matter is, if Ben Shapiro, the real estate agent, had spent time investing in himself and creating a better website and get you know having a landing page to take down information, I guarantee you this guy would sell more homes mm-hmm. in the next couple months than any other real estate agent in Los Angeles that yeah, he had had he had prepared himself for that moment. This is why. So when we talk about this whole pursuit of meaning thing, that's why it's so important. Are you the very best version of yourself to be able to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves sometimes out of nowhere?
1: I went to his website two or three times today and I was never asked to give my email address or any contact information, nothing like that. Yeah. This guy squandered this me.
0: opportunity. He didn't sell me. Yeah. <sighs> squandering. <laughs> it's all on him. It's opportunity. Do you want to just
1: say a word about the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing? Do you want to try and, man, we got, I mean, there's I like actually talk stories about stories left.
0: I think the, um, we probably need to save the Biden's diary, the daughter's diary for another time. Okay. I could get, we could go deep Yeah, I didn't even that. read the article yet. I yeah. just, I just brought it in. I think the easy one we could go with is the, uh, the veterans. Okay. One, Cause this is just. It's we're on the you know, the government spending money, right? So we're yeah, just gonna stay with that sure. theme. So Nate, all uh, right. Read this article from <clears throat> the benevolent Jeff Bezos who owns the Washington <laughs> like Jeff Post Bezos, and what are you talking about? Bestowed upon his people at the Washington Post to write articles.
1: Speaking on the government spending money to send people to school, staying on that topic here for a minute. Millions in COVID aid went to retrain veterans. Millions went to retrain, only 397 people landed jobs.
0: Now, this is in no way against veterans, military no. people and stuff. To be, you know, you served your country. You deserve to be repaid for that. Nothing about that at all. But listen to how you're going to tell us how efficient the government is. Oh, they're very efficient. Oh, okay, yeah. here we go.
1: The offer to military veterans left unemployed by the pandemic was tantalizing. A year of online courses courtesy of the federal government. Graduates would be set up for good jobs and high demand fields from app development to graphic design. Now, what app developer school did you go to, Charlie? That's what I want to know. Oh, um, <clears throat> Hard Knox. Hard knocks. Yeah. Hard Knox App Development LLC. It
0: sounds like I should start that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, want you, I think you should go
0: ahead and do that. Yeah. For sure. See, I'm not ready for this opportunity.
1: So, Jacqueline Colbreth, <laughs> she said, I jumped at it. An Air Force veteran laid off in 2020 from her job. Uh, but more than a year after enrolling at future tech career institute Coldbreath is no closer to her goal of landing a job in cloud computing like many former service members enrolled at the for-profit trade school their pandemic relief program she soon found herself immersed in discouraging chaos schedules were disorganized and courses did not follow a set syllabus school provided laptops couldn't run critical software and during long stretches of scheduled class time, students were left without instruction. They got to build the computer, you know, <laughs>
0: yes. to, to get to the cloud. Yeah. That's the, you're, you're
1: learning. You think they're teaching people that COBOL language? <laughs> That's probably what it was. Yeah. You're learning, Jacqueline. In February, the VA cut off tuition payments to Future Tech, leaving Colbreth and more than 300 other veterans in the lurch. The disarray at Future Tech is the most painful example of broader problems with the $386 million Veteran Rapid Retraining Assistance Program, or V-R-A-P. We're going to call it from now on. Many schools proved unable to attract students or deliver promised services. Nearly 90 schools had their approvals yanked, according to VA officials, including several that were actively serving about 100 veterans. Some schools were cut off amid allegations of predatory practices, while others simply went out of business. As of August 1st, only 6,800 veterans had enrolled, far fewer than the 17,000 Congress created it to serve. So that was their projection of how many people this was going to serve, 6,800 veterans enrolled, and 397 have landed new jobs as a result. About a million bucks per job. Lawmakers didn't address the VA's long struggle to police for-profit schools that engage in deceptive practices as they set up a program that attracted many for-profit entities. You see who who the culprit is here.
0: Capitalism. Yeah, for-profit. Profit Profit is the problem. Mm -hmm.
1: Future Tech under VRAP charged the VA more than $25,000 per student per year. Just under... The federal cap of $26,000, but about $7,000 higher than other computer boot camps that were approved by the program.
0: I wonder, that, that's so weird that they would charge that amount.
1: How did they come at that amount being the amount that they needed to charge per God. student? They couldn't do it for any less than that amount. Not possible. It's insane. It's, the troubles with the program are uh, are predictable. A similar program rolled out in 2012, the Veterans Retraining Assistance Program. You see, the problem with the Veterans Retraining Assistance Program is that it wasn't rapid <laughs> retraining. And yeah. that, other than that, mm. it's a pretty good idea
0: overall. And veterans know what rapid means, yeah. so they would probably, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They need a, they want a fully auto retraining program. That's right. The last one was a semi-auto retraining mm-hmm. program also failed to attract students and was re- widely regarded as a flop because it wasn't rapid, just like we just talked about. Mm. Nonetheless, veterans advocates began pushing for another education benefit after the pandemic plunged the in- economy in the free fall.
0: That is now, one of these who symptoms. who do you think was advocating for another education benefit? <clears throat> um, veterans? Do you think it could be like the leaders of these schools, maybe?
1: Uh, that is It is possible that the people that wanted to run the schools potentially pitched the idea for the program. Mm. I don't know. Lawmakers did not include the program in the first COVID aid package, the CARES Act, signed by Donald Trump. Instead, it was put in the American Rescue Plan. By then, the program was a solution to a problem that no longer existed. <laughs> At the height of the pandemic in 2020 veterans experienced a jobless rate of 6.5% compared with 8% for non-veterans. So they had an even lower unemployment rate. But by 2021, the unemployment rate among veterans was down the 4.4%. And last month, it is at 2.7%, according to the BLS. And so literally, they had this program and all the special interests that they were trying to put it into the CARES Act. Couldn't squeeze it into the CARES Act. It was already $2 trillion dollars. Couldn't be 2.3. I thought CARES Act was like 2.2. So maybe it would have pushed it up. Just
0: I thought it was like 2.7.
1: Not, wait, I'm just, I'm talking in billions right there anyway. This is yeah. millions. My bad. I forgot how big a numbers we're working with right here. See Trillion. how I made it their fault immediately? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and so they have this program that they don't put into that. And then they come up to the next big bill. And even though there's not even a need for it anymore, the unemployment rate's really low for veterans. They still find a reason to throw this $400 million program into the into the bill because there are a lot of people whose job it was to try and lobby lawmakers to get this
0: program out there. And then the money was already appropriated. So they had to spend it and then they spent the money. They can't, you can't return money to the treasury. They well, actually accept. they are talking about returning some
1: of it. I think they probably got some change in the drawer somewhere that they're going <laughs> to, that they're going to send back. No, they, they well, haven't they're gonna spent, have
0: to process it all though.
1: They haven't spent the entire amount. This is going to end up being between 500 K to a million dollars per job that they, that they worked out so far. And they would have been better
0: off just giving the veterans the money. Yeah. Just give them the, yeah. Just don't take the money
1: from them in the first place. Oh, that is the government. There's the government throwing out a nice little, uh, training college education benefit for the, uh, the most coveted people in our society.
0: And the lesson to take away from all of this today is that they care about you.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that they say is completely true. They're not manipulating you whatsoever. It is only for your own good, and the actual lesson to take away is that this whole thing is not going to work. We have got to reduce, actually reduce the size and scope of the government. This this isn't going to work. The tentacles have spread everywhere.
0: The tentacles have tentacles. <clears throat> yes,
1: they do. <laughs> yeah, and they have, they've got their own budgets, mm-hmm. and and so it none of these things are going to be able to be managed and be able to be efficient. It's too much. There's too much fake money floating around. There's too many special interests out there floating around, getting this money for whatever their own, their own self-interest is. And we're not actually getting the things done that people say we're going to get done. And now we do this whole student loan forgiveness thing and no one's talking about the actual problem. You think college why would college get cheaper? Just like we said, I think on Tuesday, Give me one reason that college would get cheaper. One. There isn't.
0: Doesn't exist. So what are we
1: doing? What are we doing here?
0: Well, we're helping out the American folks, Nate. Oh, man. All right, let's go. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children. Go to godhatesfeds.com. Godhatesfeds.com. Pick yourself up some fancy dancy merch. Go to joingml.com if you're not already part of the live group. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do all of those things, then we'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the Mother trucking Week. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty.